Hello and welcome to our 10th episode. In this week's subject, we're going to look at OCD, or Obsessive Compulsive Disorder. Now, I can't give you the ins and outs and all the details entirely, as it really would take way more than my usual 20 minutes. So my apologies for what I don't cover. However, what I hope to give you is some basic understanding around it. And to begin, as usual, I'm going to play you a song. And it's actually called Unwritten by a girl called Natasha Beddingfield, if you want to look her up on YouTube.
sometimes it can be important to focus on kind of the lighter side of anxiety. The fact that anxiety needs to be taken seriously. But just like a child has the fear of the dark, when a light is turned on, the monster goes away. So that song is about encouragement and inspiration during everybody's battle against the anxiety monster. It's a very popular song because it encourages you to take charge of your own life and that the realisation that there can be many, many possibilities every single day. No matter what's happening in the now, your future hasn't happened yet and it could be completely different from where you are right now. Anxiety might be your current reality, but you can change this. Listen to the lyrics. Listen to that song again and listen very closely to the lyrics. So how is OCD described? Well, it's a pattern of unwanted thoughts and fears, obsessions, that lead you to do repetitive behaviours, compulsions. Now these obsessions and compulsions interfere with your everyday activities and can cause major stress. One of the main elements of OCD is that of doubt. And what is doubt? And according to the Cambridge Dictionary, it is described as a feeling of having no confidence in your abilities or your decisions. So what is it, the doubt, got to do with OCD? Well, let me first point out that OCD is no joke. And 3% of the world's population suffer from this disorder. We've often heard people use the term or the expression, oh, I'm so OCD. Oh, that's my OCD. So doubt is based on behaviour and OCD is not based on the lack of knowledge to make decisions. However, when doubt and OCD are in play, then doubt shows a lack of confidence in your own ability and your own memory. It even shows a lack of confidence in the attention or to focus which are needed for you to make a decision. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been going out somewhere and you leave your house and you're halfway down the road or you're getting into the car and you have to go back to check to ensure that you've locked the door? What's this doubt about? Now if we use this example and if OCD is in play, then it's a drive or a force beyond the normal to check it's locked and you might even go back several times. Why? Even though you checked it with your eyes, yet you still feel that it's necessary to go back and jiggle the handle just to make absolutely certain it doesn't open. How many of us have done that? Now there is one school of thought that says it's a genetic and it's handed down. Others disagree. I think there's a strong case for both. So, is it doubt that's at the centre or the core of OCD? The simple answer is no. 
but it is part of it, along with fear and anxiety. This brings up another question about what is at the core of OCD? Well, here's another question for you. Do you get more anxious each time you check the door? The answer to this is normally yes. But because it's mainly internal, you're not aware of it at the time. Now, although I've said that doubt is not the centre or the core of OCD, but it is one of the driving forces of the compulsion. That's why you go back and check the door, or even repeat washing your hands. According to some experts, fear is also a factor, and I would personally agree with this. So, as we stand at the moment, we now have both fear and doubt in the mix. Now, let's just be clear about obsession. The thought to check the door is locked, or the washing of your hands. Now, these are reoccurring and persistent thoughts, and these type of thoughts are not based in reality. For example, if you don't go and check to see if the door is locked, then we might be robbed. No thought around they could break in anyway, whether it's locked or not. Whereas the compulsion is the repetitive behaviour, and in this case, it's the returning to the door and physically checking that it's locked. These compulsions are physical urges into action in order to reduce the level of fear or anxiety. In other words, if you don't go back and check the door is locked, then you're going to be worrying all the while you're out as to whether you lock the door or not. So, you know, light switch on, off, on, off. Turn the handle of the door numerous times to make sure it's shut and locked. Getting out of the bed every morning on a specific side, otherwise something bad will happen. These are called rituals, especially for those suffering with OCD. It reminds me of the old superstitious phrase we used to say when we were kids walking on along a footpath. Step on a crack, break your mother's back. Now this saying and many more are an example of this type of ritual. And it's the type of behaviour that is done toward off, for want of a better word, magical thoughts. And especially as children. Now these seem somewhat daft and very illogical even to people with OCD. Yet look at the power they held for a child and what power they must hold with somebody who suffers from OCD. Those who suffer from OCD feel a sense of responsibility to stop anything bad from happening. And these rituals gives them that amount or sense of peace of mind. How? By giving them control. Most sufferers do actually know that their thoughts are not rational, but keep doing them to lessen the level of anxiety it causes by reinforcing their OCD in the first place. Now, some of the most common obsessions may include fear of harming yourself or others deliberately, overly anxious about getting some infection or disease, thinking that you must do things in a certain order or even doing them a number of times so that you would feel safe and to reduce your anxiety levels. Now there are so many more, but these are just the more common ones. With regard to compulsive behaviour, well, they might include, 
if you're afraid of catching an infection or disease, then you might wash your hands over and over again, almost till they're raw. Now the washing of your hands may reduce the anxiety for a short period. But when the thought comes back, it begins the behaviour all over again. Other behaviours might include cleaning excessively, checking doors and windows, that they're all locked and bolted and nobody can get in or out, or even switches that they're all off, but doing it many times in a short space of time, ordering or arranging or rearranging things, constantly asking for reassurance, hoarding. You might even repeat words in your head. Now, not all of these or other compulsive behaviours will be noticed by others. A lot of the time we do it in private, or at least we think it's in private. So how or what do I do about OCD? Well, for starters, it's good to know that it's unlikely that it can be healed on its own. However, treatment and support will help you manage it until you're ready to face it head on, so to speak. And now I hear you ask what sort of treatment is involved. Well, there are two types of treatments that are available. The first one is the obvious one, medication. This usually involves an antidepressant because it has to change the balance of chemicals in the brain. For example, the medication involved would increase the levels of serotonin in the brain. And it may be necessary to stay on these for 12 weeks or even longer before you would actually notice a change because it needs to get into your bloodstream. It's what they call an accumulative drug. In other words, it has to build up in your system before it begins to work. The other form of treatment is psychological. And this can help you to understand OCD and learn new ways of how to cope with it. Now, the most effective psychological treatment for OCD is cognitive behavioural therapy, or CBT. It can help to manage the issues around negative thinking by teaching you to think more positively. This would free you from not-so-helpful behaviour. It can also help you to understand what your triggers are, especially around the thoughts and behaviour that you show. Now, this treatment can be very difficult for people, and it can be also very scary, but it does work. Now, just one uh, clarification. I mentioned earlier in including one of the compulsive uh, behaviours is hoarding. Now, compulsive hoarding has always been considered to be a type of OCD. And some have estimated that as many as one in four people with OCD also have compulsive hoarding. Actually, recent research suggests that nearly one in five compulsive hoarders have non-hoarding OCD symptoms. Compulsive hoarding is also considered a feature of obsessive compulsive personality disorder, or OCPD, and may develop along with other mental illnesses such as dementia and schizophrenia. Again, hoarding is about excessive, like OCD. Hoarding disorder is a condition where a person struggles to get rid of useless or worn out possessions and acquires an excess number of items and stores them, usually in a very chaotic manner and sometimes it can result in unmanageable clutter. Most of the time, actually nearly always, 
the objects that they've collected have no monetary value. The person usually will have an emotional attachment to all of the items, regardless of their monetary value. It has been long considered to be a form of OCD. Hoarding disorder was probably correctly reclassified in 2013 as a mental disorder. It's a condition now that is shown in its own right. It is somewhat complicated by the fact that some people with OCD hoard for a very specific obsessive worry or fear. So I hope this has helped in some way to give you a basic understanding of OCD or obsessive compulsive disorder. So until next week, I wish you all a very happy and peaceful weekend. Stay safe. Stay well. Namaste.